down the TV rabbit hole. So the name of the podcast, I can't believe I remembered the name of the podcast because we haven't done one in so long. I'm Jim Sion. I'm in New Orleans. On the other end of the line is Harry Bartosiak in Chicago. Harry, how are you? Hello, Mr. J. <laughs> right off the bat, you did, uh, who was that? Gosh, Bentley. He was Bentley on the Jeffersons. <laughs> what was his name? What was the actor's name? Oh, uh, oh! I should have prepared. Um, I'll tell you this: I don't know his name. Yes, you do. But here's a little, here's a factoid. Okay. He was not really British, and the, the he was he was a fine young gentleman, and he but he was uh, from the United States, and he had Giant's disease, whatever that's called. That's why his face looked so uh, kind of large. Uh, and um, in any event. Um, he acted a long time after that. I wish I could remember his name, and I'm sure we'll put that in the corrections. How fitting to have to begin season four of Down the TV Rabbit Hole with uh, with a sloppy reference <laughs> that needs to go right into the corrections at the end of the show. No, the thing is, we're so, both going to remember. In about 20 minutes, yeah. one of us is going to pop up with an Benedict. Benedict. Something Benedict. Oh, yeah. Paul Benedict. There you go. See, we got it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't lost anything. We haven't lost our fastball. He reminded me. Yeah. He looked a little bit like if he had the the long mustache, he could have been like the villain in the Frosty the Snowman cartoon. And I think he looked a little bit like uh, the Galloping Gourmet. Also. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And what was the Galloping Gourmet's real name? We should know that, too. G- Graham. That's right. Uh, it was Graham great. something. And I remember, never forget the Galloping Gourmet had a great show where he always sloshed around a lot of booze. And uh, at the end, he would have big, really overfill the wine glass and invite somebody to cook with him at the end of the show. And then at some point, him and his wife were in a horrible car accident where they damn near died. Wow. And he cut out the booze completely. And he came back with a new version of his show. No, booze-free, no more. I mean, it was kind of under the radar, but my mom seemed to know about it. She reported it to me. I don't know. She read a lot of, you know, grocery store magazines and things like that, which is where you had to find out about this sort of thing back then. Oh, sure. We didn't have the internet, you know. Oh, we didn't even have Entertainment Tonight or uh, or Entertainment Weekly or any of those shows. Access Hollywood. We didn't have any of those. No, not back then, no. And they didn't just tell you about this, like on the news or, you know, this was a PBS show. So they didn't break in and say, and now Graham's first show since becoming booze free and almost dying in a car accident. But anyway, we have to take the Paul Benedict uh, correction, throw it in the dumper and put uh, Graham from Galloping Gourmet's last name in the uh, in the correction. That's going to come to me, too. It's not Graham Chapman. He was in uh, Monty Python. It's not Graham Finout. He's a fine drummer that I worked with about 20 years ago. It's- no, it's not Graham Nash. It's not Graham Elliott, who was a chef on uh, MasterChef. Was it Graham Norton? Norton. <laughs> no. Okay. It was not. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. That's one for the corrections. Although I swear to you, it's going to come to me in a little bit. It's Graham's- not Graham Parsons from the... Right. No, that's Alan Parsons. Or there was a Graham Parsons, right? Anyway, Okay. We've wasted enough time already, but that is sort of the point of the show. That's so true. So, yeah. What we do is we go down the TV rabbit hole and we talk about TV shows, good, bad, and indifferent shows that we remember for one reason or another. And we want to remind you about our Facebook page, Jim and Harry TV. Just go to Facebook, Jim and Harry TV. You can check out all the episodes there. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on you name it. You can find us. So, Harry, are are you excited to get back into the groove? Oh, I am. I've been I've been occupying my time while you have been. I mean, just killing it in your new gig. Congratulations again, your new gig as a, a TV weatherman in a major market. And at six forty-four, meteorologist Jim Sion is joining us with a look at the forecast on this Thanksgiving morning. Jim, are what are your plans for Thanksgiving? You know, I'm still kind of up in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a couple of options, but like uh, like many people, I'm probably going to get together with friends and family. But are you ready for today's Thanksgiving fun fact? Of course I'm ready for the fun fact. Here we go. Do you know what type of music that the pilgrims used to dance to? Plymouth Rock! (laughs) 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 And I understand that uh, you uh, hardly any time on your hands, but I couldn't wait to get back at this. I've been wasting so much time 
I have been watching all these Oscar-nominated movies to try. I figured I was going to actually, you know, watch the Oscars this year and know a little something about the movie. I never watch any of these movies, but I've watched them. I watched Oppenheimer. I watched Barbie. I watched uh, the... um, what was it? Oh, the holdovers. And, but you know, and it, okay. But you know what the best movie I was, I watched all year. What's that? Smokey and the bandit <laughs> part one, obviously <laughs> not part two or part three. Cause those are right. Tough. But Smokey and the, well, you know, it, it's tough to beat a classic. I can't disagree with you. Yeah. So this, you know, my point is I'm just, I'm, I'm ready. To, I'm coming out firing here. I mean, I'm in a rare and to go breathing fire. Uh, and, uh, I just, am appreciative to get back at it here for what i'm calling season four because i lost count and if you've got any proof otherwise uh let me know and we'll readjust the numbering but i think this is our fourth major chunk of shows the last one was a summer season so i don't know if you count that that was only two shows okay so well that that was was like specials yeah, that was like the Glenn Campbell Good Time Hour, or the or what was the <laughs> the Ken Berry Wow Show? I think that only made it four episodes. Hi, I'm Ken Berry. Welcome to Wow. Thank you, thank you. Now we all know the expression "Wow." We use it all the time. For instance, when we're surprised, we say "Wow." <laughs> and when we're pleased, we say oh, "Wow." And when we're having fun, we say, wow! (laughs) And that's what wow is. Wow is fun and it surprises, but it's much, much more than that. It's the past and it's the present and it's the future. Wow is a feeling of nostalgia. It's the past meeting the present and it's the future coming up on us. It shows us that we can all come together and that all the eras past have brought new things to our lives. That's what wow is. Wow is excitement. Wow is laughter, wow is fun, wow is now! ABC proudly presents Tim Barry's Wow Show. Yeah. Well, now wait a minute. You said you're breathing fire. So yeah. I'm, no, I'm just, you know what? Then I'm just going to go ahead and toss things to you in Chicago and say, Harry, since you're breathing fire, why don't you kick things off down the TV rabbit hole? Okay, well, now we've gone ahead and got everything worked up into the lather and expectations are through the roof and I'm going to bring them right back down again. But I want to talk to you about something that I need to get off my chest. Okay. okay? Something you don't know about me that I've been, you know, basically hiding all these years. Oh, I see we have someone new joining us this week. Would you like to start first? Well, I just want to uh, say that, uh, I used to think that I was better than you people, you know? And then, uh, Something happened to me recently where I realized that I have a problem because something I did really hurt my brother. So I just want to say that uh, I have an addiction too and and I I need help. Hi, my name is Tony and I haven't had sex with a dead person in over two weeks. I just want to say something. Remember earlier when I said I I wasn't better than you people? I am. I'm better than you people. I'm going to leave, all right? And if I should happen to die on the hallway, just stay the hell away from me, all right? (laughs) Uh, What it is, is uh, that uh, I am a secret uh, fan of soap operas and have been for a long time. Holy cow. I never knew that. Yeah. So, you know, uh, there comes a time when you just have, have to be who you are. So I, I'm saying I like them. Okay. okay. Now, having said that, I haven't watched a soap opera in about 35 years. But uh, it happened all kind of in a blink. I remember back in high school, I was watching TV, probably at the house during the summer with my mom. Sometimes I'd, you know, chat with her while I'm eating lunch or whatever you know, ham sandwich, what have you. Right. And she'd have the soap operas on in the background, sitting there, you know, with her reading glasses and maybe knitting a sock or something like that. And there'd be uh, All My Children would be on, for example. Yep. And I'd be sitting there and talking a little bit and then wondering, 
You know, this stuff is so boring. Uh, what are these people doing? It seems like they're all hanging around hospitals or uh, gossiping, not doing much work, or sometimes they'd be in like a lawyer's office for the well, reading of a will. Th- there's uh, a lot of there's a lot of day drinking on those soap operas, if I remember yeah. correctly. Anytime something bad happens, a guy goes over and he takes one of those big, you know, uh, containers. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, the Larry Tate uh, uh, <laughs> container that, that they had sitting in a bar. Whether you're in your house or at work or right. whatever, there's yeah. They had the big decanter, the glass decanter with the with sort of the knob top that you yep. take off and pour a drink. You don't even know what's in there. You're right. And then of course there was lots and lots of romantic relationship talk and the most melodramatic way possible to break up with each other and get back together. And so I thought, oh my God, this, this is garbage. This is, uh, this is like nothing. I like watching the Cubs. Here's Ernie. That's it. That's way back there. Back, back, back. Hey, hey. Ernie did it. things like that so time goes on i don't know how it happened but pretty soon i'm randomly you know mowing the lawn thinking about gee i wonder if uh, duke and anna are going to get back together or if she's really going to stay with that police detective scorpio that'd be a shame and then all of a sudden one thing leads to another and all of a sudden i'm watching general hospital regularly and not just that then I go ahead and say, well, you know, uh, I will watch all of my children. That's on before until I get to General Hospital. And then I go before that, there's Young and the Restless. And then I'm hooked in its entirety, and I'm pretty much watching soaps every damn day and all the way up until 3 o'clock hits. And this goes on until I hit college. And then I go up to college, and guess what? Watch Three, four of the guys in the fraternity house right away admit that they watch the soaps too. So anyway, uh, for years, I got kind of hooked on that stuff. And um, it, I found um, the thing about the, the soap operas was I didn't have any trouble giving them up. I haven't watched it in 35 years. But it got me to thinking, what about daytime TV? Now, I spent a lot of time... This is kind of a bigger picture thing I wanted to talk about, about yeah. TV in the daytime. And I think it's probably this way in most parts of the country. In Chicagoland area, growing up, all the way through high school, let's say, right. started to change later when some of these these terrible, disgusting talk shows became in vogue, like Maury Povich and Jerry Springer and uh, uh, what was that? That woman's name, Jenny something. I, I, I can't remember. Jenny anyway, Jones. Jenny Jones. Jenny Jones, yeah. You know, this salacious... Gar- I mean, those things just took over the airways, kind of like kind of like Asian carp introduced into the Mississippi River or something, invasive species kind of. But, uh, but before that, yeah. it was a very predictable, wonderful setup for daytime TV. If you happen to get sick, Maybe for an extended period of time, didn't want to go to school. Yeah, better stay home today because you might miss more school kind of a thing. You would get up in the morning and you could watch uh, early morning cartoons. Right. Uh, maybe there'd be Roadrunner, um, Woody Woodpecker, uh, you know, older cartoons, but good stuff, reliable, Tom and Jerry. Uh, then there's a Captain Kangaroo. Uh, and then when you work your way through all the kids' stuff, and then this goes... Even when you're not a kid, you're still maybe watching some of that stuff in the morning. Or maybe you've turned on the Today Show by that point. Maybe uh, vintage uh, Circa, uh, where Willard Scott's on there, but they also right. have Joe Garagiola as a guest host, inexplicably, or something like that. You know, before, we got to, um, before we got to Jane Pauley and Brian Gumbel. Anyway, um, but then what would hit would be the game shows. Yes. So, so we've gone. Game from, wait, we've gone from the soap operas to the Today Show. Wait, to no, no, Jones, we're not at the soap no, operas the yet. Show. Oh, we're not, okay. I'm sorry. I'm getting. I'm, I'm trying confused. to run down the lineup. No, yeah, I'm, I'm right. trying. I actually have out my 1959 Rand McNally World Atlas, trying to yeah. keep up with your logic. But keep going. I'm, 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 I'm with trying you. to do. 
a day in the life of daytime TV. Okay. Okay. So, so after we get done with the kids shows, sorry, I'm a little all over the place here. I know, (laughs) but you got, I got a shake and a rust off. Uh, After we get done with that, then we get to the game shows. So I'm sitting there. Let's say I'm sick from school. I'm going to watch, or just blowing it off. Okay. I'm, I'm going to watch Price is Right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to watch, um, Probably that one when they're starting all the cars with Tom Kennedy, like when you win. Yes, Split Second was the name of that Split show. Second. When you win, you win the round, you get the key, and if you pick the right car, the car starts, and you win the El Camino or yes. something like that. Yeah. And, and they're all brown or gold or some ugly color and sitting on shag carpeting. And we've talked about how shag carpeting was a staple of the best game shows, and they've done away with it. They never... The, there's no shag carpeting on TV anymore. I don't understand. It makes it gives a warm feeling. But the other thing we'd watch, um, what what other game shows would we watch there? Uh, Joker's Wild, I want to say, but I think that was probably a nighttime show. That was more of a nighttime show. Yeah, they did a daytime version, but the nighttime is the one that was most popular. Oh, and then there was a daytime version of Wheel of Fortune. Yes. And uh, famously and inexplicably also hosted temporarily, briefly, for a blip in time by Rolf Bernerska. How they picked him, I have no idea. But um, for years and years, along with Card Sharks and, and, and some other shows, you know, so all the game shows would hit about 10 a.m., Right. Take you all the way up till about eleven thirty. That's when the soaps hit. Okay, and then they would be over with at about three. And then there would be a variety of shows. Oh, this is assuming you're not watching the Cubs, like if they're on the road. Okay, if the Cubs are on, you're watching. You know, leadoff man. WGN Television, Chicago. Welcome to the Leadoff Man, brought to you by Danley's Garage World, number one in custom-built garages with over 60,000 homeowners sold. Hello again, everybody. Milo Hamilton greeting you from Wrigley Field, where we wrap it up with the Expos, and it seems like we come down to these rubber games lately, and it's kind of nice to know that you can take a series. And yesterday, getting the good hitting when it counted and the good pitching, and Timmy Blackwell, who's been catching a lot lately, and we're going to find out maybe if this might be the most in a while. Tim, you've really been back there doing a job. Thank you, Milo. It's been a long time since I played this much. Is this boring you? I'm sorry. No, it's, it's just it's the, it's, it's the longest lead-in in the world. <laughs> no, this is the... This is this is the essence of what I wanted to talk about. Okay. I wanted to revisit, because there's only so much to say about the soaps, although I have more to say about them in a minute. Um, okay, I'm just finishing up. I was going to say... The after-school specials, uh, ABC, <laughs> right. that they would show, right? Uh-huh. Like with Mason Reese might be in one or something. So. Here's my little friend, Mason Reese. I'm singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. What a glorious feeling. I'm happy again. Something like that. But well, usually no, it's yeah. people you don't know. No, no, yeah. Normally there'd be. Well, I think Jodie Foster did one when she was a child actress, and then I think one of the Brady kids did one. And you know, there there'd be those mediocre type B level actors or actresses that were in you know a lot of those sitcoms. But keep going. Yes, yeah, so I remember the after right. school special. Sure. Right, and then there would be some reruns available to you, the courtship of Eddie's father, things of that nature. Right. So anyway, so anyway, th- that I guess that is the long lead in. So. That's how I got my whole day filled up. And so you had to do the soap operas because otherwise uh, you got too long in between TV shows. You know, 11.30 to 3 o'clock, that's what are you going to do? So I watched those soap operas. And one of the things I noticed about the soap operas, it just doesn't take much. I didn't have to do any research for this. That's where I learned a lot of the commercial strategies of, because soap operas back at the time, you know, were targeted towards housewives uh, pretty much, right? Yes. Not knuckleheaded teenagers like me. No, you're right. I mean, it sounds very sexist, but it's very true. They, they geared those shows toward the, the housewives that were home, you know, when the husband was at work. Right. Otherwise, why do you think we would we would would we have ever gotten the phrase we need more Calgon? Right. Uh, yeah. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? Or Madge with the palm olive, uh, the quicker picker upper, Rosie. Uh, sure. Please don't squeeze the Charmin. Uh, what was that actor's name? I mean, he got a lot of mileage out of that being uh, Mr. Whipple. Yes. That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's even the infomercials that would pop up. In Japan, the hand can cut like a knife. You know, the Ginsu knife. Um, and, of course, uh, Maxi Pads. <gasps> Friend of Vicaro. <gasps> You know, so the commercials you know, were really uh, something that I remember during the soaps as uh, almost all in the same kind of category. Basically, for paper towels, uh, feminine products, and maybe occasionally well, perfume, like Charlie, you know, kind of free, kind of wow. Can I, can I jump in with something slightly off color here? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> all right, now, sure. Now, and I'm censoring myself a little bit because I realize now that I'm doing TV weather again. Uh-huh. Somebody, I'm, I'm, I'm going to temper my cursing, and not that I use profane language much, but I'm going to stay away from cursing from here on out. But I remember vividly, and this is very recently, it was about oh, three, four years ago. I'm watching daytime TV, and this woman comes on, and I have to remember the exact sentence. You know, I found out the hard way that all feminine sprays don't control vaginal odor. And I said, wait a minute. You found out the hard way. What about your husband? <laughs> what about him? <laughs> Whoa. I don't know. I might have to cut that out. I don't know. But that's okay. a, a You can use thing. that in your vaudeville act, okay? <laughs> yeah. <my> vaudeville. <laughs> WDSU after dark, if they ever bring that back show back out here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, no, that's a good one. Okay. Uh, let me just say, getting back to the soaps. So, just give you some base. You know, I like to give nuts and bolts. Now, soap operas started way back in the 1950s. And in England, I think they had some soap operas. And they well, still do now. Now, wait a minute. I got to correct you. Because they used to have the soap operas on radio. Well, that's true. Yes. Yeah. And they were sponsored by what? Who? Oh, well, I'm sure it was like Ivory Snow and Pepsodent. Yeah. yeah, soap. Yeah. Well, that's when they gave yeah. Kevin Eight, dog. Right. Soap operas. Yeah. Right. Yes. Of course. So you're right. But I mean, on TV, yeah. they, they go way back to the 1950s. There are, and there were many, many soaps on. There's only four left. Can you name them? Four that are on. One, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Only three are on TV, regular okay. TV proper. The other is now streaming only. All right. I but think, the I, think I think Days of Our Lives is still on. Streaming only. Streaming only. Okay. Um, so that leaves three that are on proper TV. All right. Secret Storm? Is that still going? No. <laughs> no. Um, all right. Well, uh, General Hospital must be, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. Um, I don't think All My Children is on, is it? Nope. Okay. Nope. 2013 went oh, bye-bye. Gosh. All right. Let's see. Um, the CBS ones. Uh, all right. I give up. Tell me. Okay, yeah, no one's that interested in this. Anyway. No, I am. Bold and the Beautiful yeah. and Young and the Restless. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell I you should have yeah. yeah. got those. All right. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. People don't think about this, but these shows, have, like I said, have been on for forever. General Hospital has been on since 1963. It's the longest-running serial ever produced in Hollywood and the longest-running entertain- entertainment program ever produced by ABC. Wow. Now, you remember, these shows were really popular, and there was one sensation in particular in the 1980s, and I'm sure you know about this, because you could not go to a grocery store without seeing their mugs on a picture oh, of Soap Opera yeah. Digest. Yeah. Uh, the romance of Luke and Laura, played by Tony Geary and Jeannie Francis. And I swear to God, I still see them on magazines sometimes in the grocery store. Yep. No, that was big. Now, that was that was the biggest romance, and I didn't watch that one. I only watched All My Children, but I remember... Luke and Laura, Luke and Laura, and then and then his hair would get, he'd lose more and more hair, and he'd get balder yeah. and balder and balder, but she still looked great, but here's bald yeah, Luke. Yeah, just had a nub up there, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, but they're still showing them. Here's the thing. Those shows ran a long time. They run every day. Yeah. So when you think about what kind of a gig this must be for the regular actors, I mean, people in Hollywood are desperate for work, yet Melody Thomas Scott who is on Young and the Restless, has been on there every damn day pretty much for 45 years. Wow. An actor named Victor Braden, who plays Victor Newman, has been on for 44 years. And the list goes on. There's a ton of 25-year-plus actors that have been on these soaps. And when you're one of the big stars, you're getting big money. I mean, these two I just mentioned, Eric Braden is worth about 
20 million bucks. There's a couple soap stars worth, you know, $25 million plus. So you talk about good work for an actor. I mean, I guess you only get about extras get about $200. So if you and I wanted to weasel our way on the general hospital somehow, if they did an episode on podcasters or well, something like that, we'd yeah, get a couple uh, hundred bucks. If that happens, I've, I, I already actually know what's going to happen is I'll play the doctor who walks or walks in the background holding the clipboard, you know, looking serious. Yeah. And you can play the guy in the bed with like all feet and arms in the cast. You know, yeah. up in, the air. in a cast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With up in the air. Complete. Yeah. <laughs> and a neck brace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. But anyway, yeah. um, there have been a bunch of stars who were on soap operas that to start off with, you know, as their main oh, gang and millions. went on to be yeah. big actors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John Stamos, you know, uh, Uncle Blackie. I mean, uh, no, Blackie was his name on General Hospital. Uncle Jesse on, right. uh, on uh, what was the name of that show again? Anyway. Full House. Uh, Full, Tom, House. Full House, that's right, yeah. Tom Selleck, little known fact, no was kidding. on Young and the Restless. Wow. Yeah, The Hoff, Hoff um, David Hasselhoff, Young yeah. and the Restless. Yeah. Meg Ryan, I believe she was on General Hospital. Ricky Martin, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Leo DiCaprio. No, Marissa Tomei. Yeah, uh huh. Yep. I now, never he was very knew young. That. Wow. Yeah, and Julianne Moore. The list goes on. There's Keep a going. bunch of them. Keep going. I well, I only have a couple more oh, on okay. my list here. Uh, James Earl Jones was on As the World Turns. Wow. So hey, listen. I know that this isn't an earth-shattering, uh, you know, episode where I'm breaking all kinds of new ground, well, but I just thought it was time to come clean and tell you what I was doing between 11:30 and three o'clock most days. When I wasn't at school. Well, can I tell you a couple of my stories about why? Okay, I watched, and I only, I only watched for about four years, but it was all my children. Yes, yes, all my children, like uh, like right out of high school, and then for like three, four years of college. And my sister Cindy watched the same soap opera. Now, do you remember? And we talked about Luke and Laura. Do you remember the yeah. romance between Greg and Jenny? Well. Which show it was it again? This was All My Children. And the girl who played Jenny is the one who went on and what did she do? She was on NYPD Blue. Okay. Uh, First of all, wasn't yeah. it Tad and Jenny? No, there was Greg oh. and Jenny. And okay, then, no. no, Greg, I think was, I think Tad and Jenny were a brother and sister. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Cause okay. Tad, Tad was played by Michael. What's his name? Um, uh, real good looking guy. He's, Michael E. Knight. Michael Knight. Yeah, he was real good looking. Now yeah. he got. He's kind of heavy. He's kinda, he almost. He's like one step away from the Macy's Day Thanksgiving. Uh, oh my God! Uh, is he like yeah. Steven Seagal like? Yeah. No. He yeah. he's really his head has gotten really big. <laughs> good for him. We need more entrance. <laughs> well, but but Greg and Jenny and gosh, I gotta remember her name. She was on NYPD Blue, like season four, five, six. She was married to the Jimmy Smith's character, Kim Delaney. Kim Delaney. Oh, yeah. Okay. Kim, Kim Delaney, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing that I remember. And she was very young, and Greg and Jenny had this romance, and everything was great, but there was this other guy, the, the black hat, you know, the heavy. And yeah. he didn't like the fact that uh, Jenny and Greg were together. So they killed Jenny. She dies in... A jet ski accident, okay? Yeah. And when she dies, it's just, it's horribly produced. She basically just like falls to the side of a jet ski and you see a little puff oh. of smoke and all of a sudden yeah. she's dead. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, oh, but, yeah. the, but the thing I remember, and they showed it forever, you know, they got the plot line and they go back to it. They, you know, well, Kim Delaney at the time was very slim, very attractive, but extremely flat chested. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and then she shows up on whatever the next show was, NYPD Blue or whatever. The, and all of a sudden, boom, you know, she's very shapely and, you know, she's, uh, I don't know how big, but, you know, big. And oh. the same the same thing happened with the girl who used to be on All My Children after her. And she's the girl in CSI. Hmm. Um, she's the Hispanic. Uh, oh, gosh, what is her name? See, I, I can't remember any of their names. But anyway, I just always remember seeing Kim Delaney like a year later, and I'm like, wow, something's changed. She doesn't look like little Jenny anymore. Um, but that was the one I watched, All My Children. Yeah. Well, see, yeah, you 
Well, you're you're in the same boat as me. Now you maybe didn't watch as many, but I mean that's a you're a devotee yeah. for four years there. That's 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 you did your duty. Now, there. now you know who the villain was for many years on All My Children. Well, uh, that was Susan Lucci. Well, no, she wasn't the villain. She was kind of you know she had her evil periods, but no, oh, she was generally good. But no, Susan Lucci actually married the villain once and maybe twice, if I remember correctly. Oh. He was. He was Adam Chandler. Oh, that's right, Adam Chandler. Yeah, who, who also played his twin brother Stuart. Yes, very and good. he was on Bonanza. David Canary, you're very <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> yep. And the funny thing is, I had watched all my children before those uh, seasons of Bonanza. So I'm watching a rerun of Bonanza, and I go, "Hey, look, it's Adam Chandler." <laughs> <laughs> or is it Stuart? Yeah, it could have been. You're right. <laughs> Remember when well, Elvis played his cousin in Kissing Cousins? He had blonde hair. That just didn't seem right to me. You know, I don't think I've really seen Kissing Cousins. Maybe I've yeah. seen bits and pieces, but yeah, those, those Elvis movies are so tough to get through. <laughs> they really Blasphemy. Are. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. There, you didn't miss much in that one. Yeah. But all my children. That was the one that I liked, and I, I wish you could remember the uh, all the characters' names, but. Um, there well, there Brooke. was Erica Kane. There was yeah. uh, Joe and Ruth Martin, who had uh, yes. Ted and Jenny. Yeah, there was, you already named Adam Chandler. And uh, anyway, that's where I remember, like, there's they're always centered around doctors. So General Hospital is the hospital, obviously. And then Joe Martin, he was a doctor. And so there was always somebody in the hospital ready to die or something. But they only showed him really walking around drinking coffee and talking about what's going to happen. Yeah. So they got more mileage out of hospitals on soap operas. Why? They did. I don't know. Why do they pick? So is that because at hospitals, that's what you do? A lot of downtime? I mean, uh, I don't know. You know. They don't really pick those for as a scene for a lot of primetime shows, a few they did later with ER and things like that. There's always a hustle yeah. and bustle, but why did they center them in hospitals? I don't know. Well, I think it's because doctors and nurses are generally pretty widely respected and doctors make a lot of money. Yeah. And so you got a, a handsome doctor who doesn't, you know, if, if I'm at home, oh, there's a handsome doctor, you know, that who, you would warm ah, up to right. that character, I think, you know, in my opinion. Right. And they might have a nice house and then, be yes. kind of rich and so they get in trouble. They didn't want to do it like center it around an auto shop or something like that, where you have people just slugs like me, uh, you know, you know, um, you know, walking and paying for picking up their car and maybe you have a new customer. Or something. But it's not as glamorous, even though it's yes, fantastic work. Although you think about it, you know, it, you could you could center a soap opera around a Circle K, and you could probably get some pretty good storylines. Now, granted, they might not be very glamorous. But That's you right. get some good storylines. People want to watch glamour during the day. Yeah. That's yeah, that was another, yeah. it might be sexist or whatever too, but no. They want to, like, that's why we say, Calgon, take me away, right? Uh, because when you're watching, when you're sitting at home during the day, whether you're blowing off school uh, or you're targeted towards the housewives again, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, that, that's, it was a sexist time. That's what they were targeting. They want to say, well, they want to show people with the, like, uh, a dream life or something like that. Although these, some of these people were so effed up that no one would ever want to be like them. But that was the drama part. But they, you're right. They had to have more elaborate scenes. That's why they did Santa Barbara was a show and Bold and the Beautiful are all like in Malibu. None of them are set sure. in New Jersey and uh, or you know anything like that. So, yeah, they, they needed to have a sexy backdrop. Well, I heard, and I don't know if, who told me this, but I had heard that the reason the soap operas aren't on anymore, and I don't know whether it's a chicken or egg thing, but they've been replaced by all of the real Housewives types reality shows. Yeah, right. Yeah, I believe Be it. Yeah. Because that's cheaper. And, uh, you know, you don't have to hire actors. You just hire these Housewives and you, you, you probably film or tape a lot of stuff. And then, okay, you know, and then you fake a fight or whatever. And, oh, you know, it, it, it's a lot easier, I guess, to just do the Housewives and, you know, and play those on a regular basis. Right. Well, I don't have time to watch them, but if I did, I don't think I'd be watching them anyway. I don't really miss soap operas. They were okay to pass the time, and you do yes. get kind of addictive, but it it wasn't. I even forgot about them until you know until I was thinking, well, gee, how come we've never talked about about a soap opera? Because anyway, so. Um, but one thing you got to remember: when you're in college, 
your schedule is all over the place. You might have yeah. a morning class and then you're off on Tuesdays and then you get afternoon classes and you go down into the common area. And sure enough, there's going to be five or six of your, your buddies or people that you're rooming with or people that are in the dorm. And what's on during the middle of the day? Soap operas. So you're going to sit down right. and you're, and no, that's a lot of people in college used to watch the soap operas, at least if I remember correctly. Well, when I used to take my dad to the doctor, they would have Bonanza on in the uh, lobby room. This was uh, uh, just a few years ago. And I thought, this is before me TV or anything like that. I thought, are these people paying attention to what they're showing in, in the waiting room here? How many people are coming in here they think really want to watch Bonanza? I know I did. But I thought, right. God, yeah. But you're well, right. The soap operas were like put in the background of every doctor's office on planet Earth pretty much during the day. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So is that it for the soap operas? You're good? Yeah, no, I mean, that's you, it. That's more than enough, wouldn't you say? <laughs> no, it's good. I, I got to talk about all my children. It might give me an excuse to send my sister Cindy an email because we used to laugh at, <laughs> at how bad some of the actors and actresses were. So yeah. Well, I've got something for you that I think you're really going to enjoy. And Sock like you, to me. I haven't really picked a show. I've picked six different shows. Oh. And I was on YouTube and I saw a big compilation. And it was just a bunch of TV show opens for shows that you probably never watched and weren't hits at all. But they actually were on the air. And I'm watching these opens. I'm like, I don't remember that. I don't remember hmm. that. So... So I'm going to go ahead and tell you these shows. Okay, we're going to do it. We're going to do a quiz, actually. Okay, I'll, I love I'll quizzes. I'll tell you about the show, and then you got to tell me how many episodes actually got on the air before they canceled it. Okay, all right. This is going to be fun, I think. Okay, hit me. All right, we're going to start in 1983. That's when the show was on. Okay, yeah. A show called Ace Crawford Private Eye. Do you remember mm. it? I swear to God, <laughs> vaguely. Can you tell okay. me who the, the lead well, was? Of course I can. I have the synopsis right here. Tim Conway stars as a trench-coated private investigator who always solves the case and catches the bad guy despite his constant bumbling. The show is broadcast Tuesdays, 8 o'clock on CBS. When? When was the first airing? 19, March 15th, 1983, and I'll in give March. you the casting characters. You ready? Tim Conway was in it. Okay. Joe, and I never know how to say his last name, Regalabuto. Regalabuto. Okay. He was the guy in Murphy Brown who was like the second lead. Uh, okay. He was the balding reporter. Okay. Um, there are a bunch of other people that you don't know, but uh, yeah. okay. there, was a, there was an owner and a bartender of a place called The Shanty, played by Billy Barty. <laughs> oh, he was on circus of the stars with the one episode that uh that um what's his name jack cassidy directed Remember, really there's a famous photo available on the internet of jack cassidy leaning down to billy barty is holding a cigarette like telling him what to do and then you go over there and get on that horse but i would say okay putting on my head since it's it's not a summer show because i would say that would be real short like three right. episodes this uh, was, yeah, this, was, this was a spring replacement spring replacement i think oh, or whatever okay. I, gonna, I mean i don't know but you know i'm it, gonna it, say it made it for seven seven episodes pretty close five episodes all right yeah you gotta give me that that's it. yeah no i'll give you that no no yeah okay. if, if you're within two you get it right okay now here's a, here's another show okay yeah. we're in 19 we're in 1983 again it's a show called At Ease. Do you remember that? No. It must be an army show, right? Yes, you're exactly right. The series, which has a similar premise to another classic show, Sergeant Bilko, uh -huh. follows the misadventures of a pair of conniving GIs. Uh -huh. All right. So here's the cast. Uh, and I don't think you know many of these people. I know you know David Naughton. He plays one of the privates. Remember him? Yeah, okay. I do. I can bear, almost picture okay. him. Yeah, David yeah. Naughton. Yeah. Handsome guy. Uh, Josh Mustel. You remember him? Zero Mustel's son. Very good. Yeah. And one of the other characters who played Sergeant Val Valentine was Jimmy Walker. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and he was the lead? 
He was like a co-lead. You know, it was one of those ensemble casts. Okay, ensemble cast. Kind of like A team kind of a thing. Um, I would say this, and when did this air? What uh, what month? Uh, it started in March on ABC of 1983. Okay, I'm going to say this one was 13 weeks. 14. Very wow. good. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks. <laughs> Very good. Oh, oh, you're on fire today. Yeah, I told you. I'm breathing fire. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's one that I know yeah. you don't remember. Okay. And I'll just, let's see. I was 19, uh, let's see, 1989. All right. Another spring show. It was titled, very cleverly, The Robert Guillaume Show. Ooh. 1989. Yeah. This is past his prime, Robert Guillaume. This is, yeah, this is past Soap. It's past Benson. And the series starred Guillaume as Edward Sawyer, a single father with two children, who begins an interracial relationship with a, uh, with Wendy Phillips, his wife's secretary, who has a daughter of her own. So this was really kind of cutting-edge TV for 1989, an interracial couple. Yeah, but is he still married at the time, too? So no, 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 oh. no. No, he's a single father, uh, and his wife's oh. secretary, I, I'm sure she was single, too. But... It was one of the first shows to feature an interracial kiss, okay. which makes it noteworthy. So, again, 1989. What did she see in Robert Guillaume? He was kind of old at that point. That's yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Um, 1989, and what month did it appear? You can tell that's important to me. April 5th was the first episode. Mm. Okay. All right. I think on this one I'm going to go nine. Well, you, you missed it. It's 13, and I was really okay. surprised that it was 13. Dang um, it. yeah. Well, Robert Guillaume, in his autobiography, says that they sabotaged the show because th they had the romance. They had it leading up, leading up, leading up, and in episode nine, they were supposed to have the first interracial kiss, but yeah. Guillaume says, oh, they sabotaged it. They put in episode two, so he thinks that people kind of got turned off because they kissed that quickly early oh. in the show. Oh, Oh, yeah. They didn't let it, uh, they didn't work up to it, develop right. a connection of the characters so people would hang in there. Yeah. And you think about it, you know, 1989, I can see where, you know, they'd say, hey, this is a good subject to, to approach. Let's do it. But let's make sure to work up to it, like you say. And according to Guillaume, they didn't do that. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got that one wrong. All, All right. right. Well, that's, no, that's okay. You, yeah. I think you're going to get this one right. It's a two out uh, two. It's a show called Off the Rack. Mm -hmm. It was in 1985, okay? And it's an American sitcom set in the Los Angeles garment industry yeah. that aired on ABC and the series starred Ed Asner and Eileen Brennan. No way. I mean, I don't have any memory of this. That doesn't seem right to me. Ed Asner in the garment industry? Yes. And Eileen Brennan. Huh. Okay. And this yeah. aired what month? Uh, <laughs> March 15th, 1985. March. Was, yeah. Okay. Well, then I'm going with 13 again. No, only six. Only, only six. six. All right. We're yeah. off the rails now. Yeah. That must have really sucked. Yeah, I, I tried to watch ten seconds. No, it's unwatchable. Oh. I'm just I'm looking to see if there's anybody else noteworthy in the show, and it, there, it, no, terrible, terrible show. Even the open looked bad. You know, the open looked kind of patched together. Looks like it was like a third generation dub. You know, just oh. foggy. Yeah. All right, now we're gonna do two more, and huh? it. I know you know these two at least a little bit. Okay, we're gonna go to. 1983 for the premiere episode. My favorite and, year. Did you ever see that I, movie, by the way? My, yeah, I didn't think it was that funny. No, not really. But Peter, o, it yeah. was Peter O'Toole's comeback movie. Oh, you know, it he had was, been, really? He had been like out of Hollywood, kind of on a big bender for like 15 years or something. Yeah, you know, he, like, and he and Richard Harris were two huge drunks from what I yeah. re have read. But yet, no, he played a drunk in this movie. He came back, but it was, and after that, he was in a bunch of stuff. No, and he was good in that movie. But I just thought yeah. the end of the movie was so dumb, it, yeah. it, you know. But but no, Peter O'Toole is great. He's a, is that when he comes in grabbing the curtain and comes? He's dressed like yeah. a swashbuckler and comes tearing down the curtain on the on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. That, that, 
yeah, the, the, the end of the TV show, the live TV show, turns to chaos. All right. Hit, all right yeah. Not, 1983, CBS. It's a show starring Bill Bixby and Marriott Hartley. Oh. Good night, Beantown. Yes, I yes. do remember that. Good yep. night, Beantown. And it was a, a, they were on a, like a TV show, right? Two news anchors at WYN, a TV station, a fictional station in Boston, Massachusetts. Matt is the station's evening news anchor and a longtime fixture at the station. However, Matt's ratings begin to slide, so they pair him with Marriott Hartley, and then they kind of get together and start dating. That's the show, in a nutshell. Well, you know what I was thinking? Um, yeah. Was this around the same time that they still were having the Polaroid commercials with uh, James Garner and Marriott Hartley? I think she still was in those spots, yes. Wasn't that around would, prime time? It was mostly like late 70s to early 80s for those, right? Yeah, I would. But, I think you're right, sure. So this was probably like her shot to parlay that into um, like a starring role. Because other than that, I don't know that she even was a supporting actress on any shows that I know of. I think she was strictly in that commercial. Like, who is this? I, I guess we'd have to research Marriott Hartley. I'd probably oh. be surprised by her curriculum vitae, nope. so to speak. Let me interrupt real quick. I'm looking right now. Bixby yeah. and Hartley had previously worked together on an episode of The Incredible Hulk. And uh -huh. at the time of making Goodnight Beantown, Hartley was appearing in a series of television commercials for Polaroid <laughs> cameras with James Gardner. So you're exactly right. Polaroid's one step is the simplest camera in the world. You don't have to focus or anything. I thought this was the simplest camera. That was. This is. I just snapped the shutter and I've got the picture. Where? Well, I have to get it developed. And I just press this button. A motor hands me the picture. I see it in minutes. It's pretty. But mine's just as simple up to when the picture comes out. What kind of logic is that? Mine? Doesn't make any sense. You mean you don't understand it? Get the one step. Yeah. And that show... I remember fairly well. I'm yes. guessing this one had a better run, maybe like you're right, 26 weeks or something like yeah. that. Only 18. Oh, okay, Only I went a little 18. overboard. Ah, yeah, yeah, I went but, over uh, like on the prices, right? Well, it was 20. It was ranked 21st for its first season. They did five episodes, uh, five episodes the first season, and then in 83, 84, they did 13 episodes, and it was ranked 34th, and then it got canceled. But that wasn't a bad show. I remember seeing it occasionally. No, it can't be that bad. Yeah. Uh, with Bill Bixby. Anything with Bill yeah. Bixby is pretty good, yeah. All right, so now I'm going to go to a show that in 2004, TV Guide ranked this series number 45 on its 50th worst TV shows of all time list. Mm. 45 on the 50 worst. So Okay. All right, it is, let's see, 1984, and the executive producer was none other than Norman Lear. Really? Recently, yes. It starred. Norman Fell. <laughs> it was an American sitcom starring Paul Rodriguez, and it mm -hmm. aired on ABC. It was called AKA Pablo. I remember. Uh, and I didn't. I never liked Paul Rodriguez. I did not no. think he was funny at all. No, no. Yeah, terrible. It was terrible. I mean, not funny. I mean, he's not a terrible human being or anything like that. But no. I don't remember even what he did. I think he he was a comedian, right? Yes. Yeah. And he yeah. plays a comedian on the show, okay. but he's a comedian that never says anything funny. So I just was always yeah. shocked by that. Yeah. Yeah, and that became. I wonder if that sounds about. And what year was this one on? Uh, 1984. I'll even okay. give you a mark. It was March 6th. That was the first episode. March 6th, 1984. And this kind of predates when all the comedians started to get their own shows. I know some had them already, but then there was that whole run like yeah. of bad comedian shows like Grace Under Fire. Um, the Drew Carey show was pretty good, actually, but there was a whole, it was like if you were a comedian, like that one guy, Mike O'Malley, I think it was one of the oh. worst comedian. He's not even a comedian. Just no. like you had like no talent, but if you had some, some resume of appearing at a comedy club, we're going to give you a network television show and it's going to oh. be guaranteed to suck, but we're going to give it to you anyway because we're copycats and this is what we're doing now. 
Well, Michael Malley is wasn't he just like a schlub, if I remember yeah. correctly? Yeah, he yeah. was just some schlub. And then he, this guy, that guy's been on TV for a long time. He got rolls and rolls after that terrible show that he did. He might I even be he, on TV now. I think he went on to do that show, and it was only popular because it was on after Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, yes, dear. Yes, that's right. And oh, I hated that show. Oh Lord, that was a bad show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was horrible. So, but okay, so Rodriguez, yeah, I, Paul Rodriguez, I'm glad I have yes. no memory of that except vaguely the fact that it existed, and thankfully, very for a short period of time, and I'm going to say again, seven weeks. Yeah, six weeks, and I think All they right. might have had it. Might have been six plus a pilot, so I'm going to give you a plus. So yes, you got it. Very good. Very Who good. played Rodriguez in the pilot? Um, I think it was Paul Rodriguez. Oh, I thought it was I mean, Mark I, Hamill. <laughs> that that might have been Mark, better. Yeah, Mark no, Hamill Mark. was in the. He was supposed. He was in the pilot to Eight Is Enough. If you ever watched the opening sequence for the Eight Is Enough pilot, he's one of the kids in the Bradford family. Now wait, does he play the Grant Goodeve character or the Adam Rich character? I think he or plays the, the Grant. He's like the Grant Goody, but there might be an extra kid, maybe. Maybe it was going to be nine is enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but then he had to go, he had to leave, you know, make some stupid-ass movie or something like that. Well, no, I, it, it's a well-told Hollywood story. They shot yeah. the pilot, and they got done, and they said, oh, my God, wait, we got nine kids, and the show's called Eight is Enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, Hamill, so come the, over here. Sorry, yeah. kid, you're out. We miscounted. <laughs> Well, that's all right. I, I guess I'll have to do that stupid movie, Star Wars, or something like that. So, some fat guy with a beard keeps talking about outer space. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's got this thing that looks like a long flashlight, and it's green, and, you know, I don't get it, but, uh, you know, I'll sign up. <laughs> How are the, the, the gal, the gal who's going to play a princess, she's pretty good looking, so I, maybe I'll take the gig, you know. <laughs> Hope it works out, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> all right man well listen it's it's good to go back down the rabbit hole with you oh, yeah. and uh you know i'm a little disappointed though because Why? you picked you picked soap operas and it really didn't give you a chance to do any of your classic impersonations and my buddy craig chrisman who just texted me this week he was telling me about how much he loves your harry carey says every time he does it he starts with a <clears throat> and you hear him off and i say yes he's been doing that for like 30 years oh god it's so good Listen, hey, listen, Chrisman. I, I don't know what the world you think I am. A toy you can just wind up, make me say things, sound like a fool. Excuse me. Listen, Chrisman, all the listeners out there, listen very closely when I tell you this show's for you. Holy cow! <laughs> Only two corrections on this episode. Number one, the real name of the Galloping Gourmet was Graham Kerr, a British guy. And secondly, Maria on All My Children, and she was also in CSI, the one with David Caruso, was played by the lovely Eva LaRue. That's it. No more corrections. We're done. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Down the TV Rabbit Hole with Jim and Harry.